Sidra, welcome. Thank you, Polina. Super excited. I'm so excited for this. I've been looking forward to this all my life. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to start with the last time we saw each other, you to told me about a moment uh, when you were a child with a banana and with your little brother. But I want to ask you, tell me about the first time in your family that you challenged tradition and kind of the status quo within your own family. Yeah, what I remember is when I was in high school, I had a conversation with my mother because I was reading about some kind of like book where they mention that women should do like all uh, housework, household work and men should like, you know, they think about doing something outside. And I was like, I was arguing with my mother, like how this is possible. I don't understand that. That's the conversation I remember. But you know, the incident which I told you that I asked my mother because we had recently, uh, I started asking a lot of questions to my mother because I want to like know more of like how she was thinking and also I don't have like a lot of my childhood memories so I asked her and she told me specifically that incident which is funny but as well as like you know uh, a window to like how I was thinking and it was very surprising to me so she mentioned that uh, uh, you you guys were we are actually six siblings so at the time four so my mother bought she bought like six banana half a dozen and uh, she <laughs> she brought that home and she gave like to everyone, one, one, and then she gave two to my brother. And then I, I had a, I fought back and I said like, why he's getting two? And she said, oh, you know, he, he's younger than you, he's your brother. And, uh, and, uh, and why, you are, why you are fighting, no one else is saying anything. And I said, if, she, if he's a younger, then he should eat less and I should eat more. <laughs> so that's I mean, logically, yes. <laughs> So, so that's the conversation I remember and she remembers. So I think, yeah, I think she had an idea like from where I'm coming from and what I'm thinking. And so now this is a city in Pakistan in what year? Um, so this was, um, so we were in Ukara. I don't okay. remember what year, it, it would be maybe like somewhere um, in 90s, like 90, 1994 or 1996, something somewhere that so i want to i want to talk about this because it this is not a normal thing for a little girl to be thinking in that way especially when you didn't know anything else beyond your family and your city and your neighborhood so why why do you think that you started thinking that way was that an intrinsic thing or do you think you saw the like why do you think you saw the world so differently from everybody else in your family yeah, I, I was actually recently, especially with after Humans of New York story, I was recently like reflecting a lot, like, you know, how the way I am, I am. And <laughs> I, think, I think it's it's also like, because um, I saw my mother and father doing the same jobs. Like my mother um, is a teacher, still she, she's, she, she's a teacher. My father is a retired teacher, but I saw them doing, going to school, teaching kids doing same kind of job for me, like there was no difference. And then when they were coming back, uh, my mother was cooking food for, for all of us. And my father, he, he used to just go and take rest. My mother, she would quickly change her clothes and will start cooking for all of us. And I was like taking a note of mental note of that. How come like he's not helping? I, I don't know why I was thinking, but for me, like the, there was no difference. He's my father, she's my right. mother like you know doing the same kind of thing and then in the evening they both were like they had a home, a home tuition center so uh, uh kids from neighbor they were coming uh, to our home for home home tuition for both to my mom and to my to my father so boys they were getting tuition from my father girls they were getting tuition from my mother so i practically did not see any difference and when all of a sudden you know they started talking about oh you know male, female, they should sit in the, these kind of like brackets. My brain couldn't digest that because that's not what I was seeing. And uh, no one understood that what is the impact of a woman who basically is not just taking care of family, but also like um, having, a, having a career, have a professional career. So my mother, I saw her in a very, very different way. And I, I, I think that was my first window to look at differently. 
Do you think that your parents recognized that in you at an early age that you thought a little bit differently than other kids? I think my mother did uh, because we had several conversations. And the interesting thing, Polina, I, I don't know, like this is crazy in me, like later on in my life, especially like from high school, I started expecting more from women. I am someone like who is not, I don't know, I, I feel that as a woman, you can understand more of that struggle better as compared to anyone else. So I was actually ha having a lot of dialogue, sometimes like aggressive dialogues because, you know, I was in that age. You can think about like teenager, like, you know, yeah. trying to understand the world around themselves and as well as feeling a lot of confidence and ability in themselves. So I was having a lot of conversation with my mother and uh, she recognized that. Um, and I remember a conversation uh, where she mentioned to me that, hey, you are not going to do anything good in your uh, good for yourself because you have all these big ideas and people are going to push you. And she, I think she, her um, defense mechanism was like, she wanted to protect me. So she was also standing by the society, not by my side because she thought like, oh, she, you know, uh, maybe she was thinking that it's okay for me to have a, to, uh, you know, face that resistance inside home and then don't go beyond that before I face restrictions from society. And to be honest, like I had no shape and no image of the society, just the word. I don't, yeah. I don't, as a teenager, I had no idea, like, what does this mean by society? Like, who are these people? Right. Who is, is judging me out there? <laughs> I'm listening to these kind of words and incident from anyone else except you. So when you are using that, hey, society will say this, I really want to know who are those people and how, why I should care about them. Right. Wow. So, okay. Wow. This is, it's just, you were thinking so, so differently and so logically in a time and a place where that, that just wasn't um, accepted. What, a, as a woman in the city where you grew up, what were the expected uh, career paths for a woman? Um, so mostly women in my city, they were uh, getting, uh, so there was a different category, actually. Pakistan is a country of class. You know, we have a lot mm -hmm. of class. Even like in small cities, there are different classes. So someone who's coming from a very, uh, you know, a village uh, where they were doing farming. So for them, um, you know, for girls, it's like if when they are at the age of like 18, 20, they, they should get married. And they should only, only training they, sh they get is uh, about their household, how they have to run their family, which is, I think, also an interesting training and important training because how you have to live your life, all of that, I think um, it, it later on, like, help you. But then the other classes, like, who send their who, uh, who send their daughters to school and they get education, maybe, like, uh, they get uh, uh, up to, like, high school or they get graduate. So that kind of, like, there is one class. The other class is, like, where people go and they think about, uh, a career path like they they sent their daughters for some kind of you know a, a, a professional kind of things so my family is from a middle class family where we stress a lot on education that everyone should get an education men or women yeah. and then uh, if you are really good um, in your studies then you can become a doctor or an engineer if you are an average then you should become a teacher okay there is other path, like you, if you are thinking about becoming, let's see, a banker um, um, or someone who wants to like take care of like, uh, who wants to like build a career in finance industry or become a scientist, it less, less likely you're gonna adopt that kind of career. So for me, when I was uh, in my high school and when I graduated, I was like average student. I was not very mm -hmm. bright. My, my elder sister was a bright student. Um, so, uh, so no one was looking at me like, oh, she would do something remarkable. I remember like, um, I had a conversation with my father and he, uh, right after my exams result came and I was sitting on the dining table and he came and he said, you know, you guys are, you, he looked at me and my younger brother because we both were like very poor in our grades, <laughs> looked at us and he said, you guys are not going to do anything in your life. And I looked at my father and I said, 
Abu. We we call my father. I said Abu. One day people will recognize you by my name. Oh. <laughs> and he looked at me like shocked for two seconds. He looked at me, and then he started laughing, and he just left the room. <laughs> I love that. That so is. That, <laughs> it was. It, it's so okay. So. I, I I just, I love that you wanted something more for your life than what was planned for you. But did you have any women in your life that you looked up to that were entrepreneurs or anything like that? Did you have any examples of that? Uh, during that time, no, but I remember I was, uh, I was very much inspired by women who, you know, at the time we were, uh, there was the only one TV channel. It, it was mm-hmm. in it's called PTV, which was Pakistan television. Um, and they were showcasing some dramas where you see like women who's going outside, building her mm-hmm. life and is out there. They were not showing those kind of women in a in a good way. Like they always show th- those women like as a villain, someone who is housebreaker or all of those things. I don't know. I accept that part. I was very inspired by, oh, they are leaving their home, you know, thinking about their life and all of that. Um, so kind of like I got connected from that, that part. And if I was seeing someone, uh, let's see, like a lot of time, like we see, uh, on that TV shows, someone from Lahore, Karachi, which was, which was the biggest city in Pakistan. I, I wanted to, to see that life. I wanted to see that environment because, uh, where the city where I was living, um, at one point we were not allowed to, uh, leave home because it was not that you know, it was not considered as safe, except you can go out with your brother or you can go out with your friends. Mm-hmm. It was it was not that easy. So I, I was like kind of looking for that kind of freedom, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see someone around me. I think unconsciously my mother was because she was teacher. Um, and uh, yeah, but later on life, I, you know, when I left my hometown, when I started uh, reading more about books when I um, started interacting with people over internet then I uh, actually started uh, thinking about a lot of women as someone who I wanted to be and actually it gave me a window and also courage that oh you actually you can do those kind of things you can be those kind of people uh, and uh, you just have to like keep looking uh, forward uh, what you want to achieve yeah so you have these big ideas and, and you have dreams. You tried to send a, a tape to a radio station at one point, And then your mom was like, all right, Citra, that's enough. How old were you when you had to go to a matchmaker to potentially get married? I was, uh, I was 18, 17, 18 wow. years old when, when they started coming. Um, um and it uh went on until like i was 24 years old like not like every day but you know some some months or some years they would come um can you can you tell me about what that what is that process like just explain it to me yeah so um so the process was like my someone uh would, would tell my mother that there is this guy and family and they are looking for a potential bride um, and they, they, this is their background. So they will explain that to my mother. And normally some auntie in our neighborhood, she would come to my mother. So my mother, she would, uh, she would look at that and then she would have a conversation with my father. And most of the time it was, uh, hey, let's see like who they are. Let's see like, you know, what they think. And then um, once they are agreed, then they will uh, call uh, uh, boys' parents uh, to at our home, not like the boy would not be, uh, you would not come. Um, so they would come, uh, parents would come or some siblings would come along. They would, uh, so I would come with a tray of chai <laughs> and put into the, <laughs> with my everything set up. And then uh, I would sit like, you know, I'm the most shy and I don't have you know, this is interesting. Like, I'm also scared to say because this is not like a general culture in Pakistan. This is like my home culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does not define like everyone. Um, so I, I would enter in a way that I don't know anything about the world. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the one who is a yes person, <laughs> and whenever they will ask something, I would just like respond in few words or just shake my head. That's what 
like been told. So, and then they would go out. If they would like me, then they would invite my parents and then my parents would go and then they would investigate each other's families. Uh, mm-hmm. If they're telling if it is right or not, right? And then they would ask me, what do you think? <laughs> is it good for you or not? This is something you want to do or not? So this is like kind of the whole process. Uh, Sometimes like process uh, breaks in the middle because of some other information that. And so did you ever, so did you, first of all, did you want to get married? No, no, I, so this is the thing, this was very interesting. My elder sister, she, she, I think she wanted to do a lot in her life, but then she also realized that uh, uh, you, she was the eldest, so she had that pressure. And I think I was lucky that, you know, I did not have that pressure at some point. Um, but um, I never wanted to get, I never thought like, hey, this is my time to get married. I knew that I will at some point, but I was thinking that the kind of person I want to be, uh, I need someone who can understand me better. It, the understanding should be first. It should not be, hey, this family, this background, how much property, how much income, all of that, that should come later on. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get married, but not at that point, not at the age of 17, 18, not at the age of 25 even. So Wow. So uh, did you ever kind of try to like blow up the the marriage by saying, you know what, I, you know, I, I, I'm not actually very good at cooking and I, <laughs> or how, how did you get out of not getting married? Uh, so I think uh, some some moment, I don't know, I think there was a luck also on my side. Uh, there were a lot of people who came at our home and then when my parents investigated about their background, they were not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sometime, you know, when that auntie was coming to our home, I was a little bit outspoken in front of her, not to the boy's parents yes. and all that. Because otherwise, like, <laughs> I had to, like, get back to my home. So my mother would not like that. Uh, so, like, sometime I would... Uh, I would speak about like, hey, I I don't feel like, um, but I think overall, if I have to look back, I was lucky, like there could have been a moment where, you know, everything, my background, boy's background, whatever my parents were looking would have been good. And I ended up, I could have ended up in a different shape. Isn't that crazy how, how different your life could have turned out if that had worked out? That's so crazy. Um, So at this point in time, you don't, know about the internet is that correct i uh, so i knew about internet at the age of uh, when i was uh, i don't remember exactly the age but when i was in class ninth i knew okay. about the, i knew about the internet and uh, that this is the incident the way i knew about internet my uh, my mother's brother my uh, uncle he came to our home and he said he was he was talking to my mother so i was laying on the on the bed and he was sitting uh, on the side and he was talking to my mother and saying um uh baji like he called elder sister baji in, in pakistan that there is this thing called internet and you can even order a chai from internet wow. and half sleeping and i imagine like chai comes from the wires right. said, like computer we had so at the time we had a computer at home uh, because my father he was a teacher and he was using spreadsheets mm. uh, but we we were not using internet because the internet was expensive it was not in our town and all that and he when he mentioned that i almost imagined that someone <laughs> like chai is coming from from the wires because it like it was so novel idea you can't imagine that oh you can order a chai from a computer how come this is possible I so now, totally like, yeah so i'm fast forward like 15 years later i'm i'm selling like shoes on internet this is crazy <laughs> wow and so so during that time though what books were you reading during that time uh we uh so interestingly our the circumstances the way our home environment changes we when we were kids there were a lot of science books in our home and we were reading about some science, uh, some scientist or some kind of like uh, scientific innovations because my father was a science teacher. So he was also like keeping himself updated. And then there were a few novels, um, uh, but not much. Um, I was not reading novels as much uh, uh, 
but uh, at the same time like uh, my parents had all the focus hey because i was not good at studies so whenever mm-hmm. they would be reading some some extra other books they would say like hey why don't you focus on your books you you know you are not good in your studies why you are wasting your time so um, i don't remember any other books except like science books um uh, and then later on uh, i when i graduated i started reading novels so i i, I read uh, godfather um i read uh, you know the book i mentioned in humans of new york story and then yeah. i also read other pakistani classic novels uh during same time like it, over the period of 5 years So you mentioned that sometimes you would go to your aunt's house who had a lot of books uh there and that's where you met somebody pretty special. Can you tell me how you met uh Wakas for the first time? Yeah, so my aunt uh, she was uh um she was living on second floor of our home. And um um Wakas uh he was sitting on the sofa uh and I came up and uh uh and i asked my aunt who is he and she mentioned macas and i said oh this is the guy who gave you that shitty novel you know first <laughs> first of all i was like I, i think i was little you know in all in my head and all in my world i said like first of all let me like slap behind his ear like this is the kind of book you give to someone to read and macas looked at me this was first introduction with him he looked at me and he said he was also you know smart he's a smart guy so he looked at me he said like uh he and he said to my aunt i gave that novel for adults to read not to kids <laughs> and and then my aunt she started laughing and i said whatever and then i just left and i just left that room and i went to the kitchen so that my first introduction with him um but later on uh, we had uh slowly we had a lot of conversation and i said to him okay he feels interesting because he he responded to me in a very smart way so i kind of like got impressed and i said okay you know i should impress him more what kind of books he should read so i gave him you know the, the next novel so you said that wakas was somebody you could you could talk about ideas with and somebody who respected your opinion and took you seriously in a time where you didn't really have that outside of your conversations with wakas um i think it's really cool that you can have all of society and all these strangers you know telling you how you should act and what you should do but it takes like one person to kind of be like to to change that in your um in your head How did you deal with the the conflict or the contrast of you go see Wakas you have these amazing conversations and these ideas and you guys talk and then to come back uh to your home and kind of like did you feel trapped in a way Yeah um I think I uh at the time when I met him and we started reading books together and sharing ideas I felt that I found someone who can uh, who I can go and talk to who understand what i'm saying and um, he was also going through a lot of like his self uh, analysis and he was coming from a village to a small city living with his aunt so he was also going through a lot of interesting uh, uh, shift in his personality uh, and he we both i think we both were like very different because he also never interacted with girls in this way as much mm. you know as both were doing so he respected me a lot that oh i'm thinking about this um for me whenever i look back for me that time of interaction with wakas was more like i found a friend i found someone who who i can go and talk to uh because whenever i was talking about my ideas to my mother you know it's very interesting like as a kid your parents provide when when you are a, when you are a child you look at your parents from a very um safe angle you feel that oh if you need something uh physically or mentally or whatever you know these are the people who will always provide you right so the trust was broken because of whatever conversation we were doing at that time so when i met with wakas uh i think i got this idea that um uh society can be different i actually and men can be different and i can i can have a conversation with someone who can make sense of it um i remember that i had a similar kind of conversation with my siblings and they had some kind of like idea that she she had a conflict with 
uh, whatever like is going on between her and mother so she, they were also not coming on the same page so they were most of the time would say like hey whatever you think you know this is not how it works um yeah i, I mostly like wakas was for me uh i i would say like he was a screen i can project myself to oh yeah so the, he he was like that at the So and and then eventually Wakas goes off to college in Lahore and uh you wouldn't see him again until a year and a half later and the next time you see him he's like Sidra this internet thing like yeah. I'm starting a business and I want you on my team and in all this stuff what was going through your head when you heard that So at that point I heard about internet before and he uh, but he introduced in a very unique way he said uh, so I I knew at that point that you know you can go and meet with people you can chat there were, at that time there was msn and all that mm-hmm. yahoo messenger those kind of things and my friends were using that so they they talked about that um and then wakas when i met him he said that you can actually start a business on internet and you can sell things and you can make websites and you can make pages and that was very exciting it was a different window like you can use this platform for some meaningful work too and um and and then um he was already like thinking about one idea which was social media agency he said like there is this platform called facebook facebook at that time they were advertising a lot to start small business and non profit pages and they were advertising themselves as a business platform so he said like just read about about this platform and he said he started sending me article and he made my uh, facebook account mm-hmm. um i have i have my facebook account with my own full name which is great so he made, he made my facebook account and he sent me and then he we started chatting on on facebook um and then uh we started learning together like what, where we can take this business he was sharing ideas i was sharing ideas mostly it was about learning where it can go it was not about like hey how we can make money Right. and actually making money came very very later uh in 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 our life wow and so you eventually did move to lahore and uh with wakas even though your family i'm sure wasn't thrilled about that decision and you guys started your first company together which was social media art can you tell me about it yeah so i was um living in the hostel which i i gave description uh, uh, in that story and uh, wakas was in asti college he was uh, he was living with uh, with one of his cousins so at the end uh, so i was actually i i started also doing a part time job in lahore as a student consultant so i was getting like 10000 salary 10000 rupees salary which was 100 uh, 100 dollars a month wow a, a month salary and uh, uh, i was paying 40 dollar for my hostel expense then 20 dollar keeping monthly food expense and then still like i had like 40 dollar and sometime we you know we we were keeping that just to buy small stuff grocery and all that um and then we both were sometime like go out for one good meal so uh, and at the end of uh, so i i was doing like part time job um and in the evening i would go to his college where we had uh, a computer lab and in that computer lab we were uh, we were using that computer lab to pitch to our clients um we were not able to like get good clients just like small here and there creating pages for them uh, and working with them on the story um but nothing was coming out of it uh, we, we did not had any laptop um he was always you know he uh, he was not earning any money so he was mostly like taking money from home um but we were very very happy it's very interesting we it was absence of resources but at the same time there was an, an energy like hey like we can do something we are going to build something by our own and actually very interesting part about rakhas life which we we did not touch in, in the story is he was also dropping out of college uh because he couldn't pay fee uh, of his college uh and he was also lying with his family that hey he has uh, you know college has given him some break because he's a brilliant student i don't know what kind of story he has created and he uh <laughs> now looking for an interesting job so they believed him the interesting thing is they believed him um 
but yeah, the, those time was amazing, but we were not going anywhere. That was just like a website page pitching to different clients. So at your lowest moments, you said that you would go back and you and Wakas would watch YouTube videos of American entrepreneurs who had gone from $0 to a million dollars to inspire yourselves. Whose stories were you, were you really attracted to that you were watching and learning about? Yeah, so we were reading uh, uh, HBR as well as we were watching YouTube videos. So uh, a lot of different kind of contexts. Um, but HBR, we were reading from a, class, a college library. No one was reading that. It was like sitting in the corner. And then we'll just two of, sometimes we will tear off the pages and put that in our pocket. Oh my God, I don't want anyone to do that. But like, the stories were so amazing that we were doing that. And in our subconsciousness, we were making this excuse, oh, no one is reading it, so whatever. And um, for YouTube videos, we were mostly watching, it's very interesting, I, I'm gonna say this name, but uh, even at that time, we were very much inspired by Steve Jobs. A um, lot of people are, especially yeah. the idea of like how you can start a company from a garage. And then you can think about an idea on a high quality. Um, that was one, I don't remember a name of the person, but the second person was who, uh, started selling garbage, um, and, uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, made a company million dollar company. Um, that was very interesting for us. Oh, because in Pakistan, we look at garbage, like, oh, garbage, yeah. <laughs> you can sell that and make money. It was interesting. And then, um some very inspiring talks as well, like Jacqueline Novogratz, who is Acumen uh, founder. We actually uh, were listening to her TED talks a lot because it was giving us a lot of uh, energy. I, I remember um, I had a very tough call from my home and um, then I, um, I listened to one of her TED talk where she mentioned that um, there are a lot of young people who want to do something in their life but they are afraid that what their families would say, what their friend would say. And I always ask them that ask one question, what is the cost of not doing what you want to do in your life? And wow. when, I, when I put that question, oh, what is the cost of what, you know, not doing what I want to do in my life? I imagine like, okay, me leaving everything, then I have other two sisters, they are leaving everything. And then, you know, because at the time I also connected with my, my, my sister, my younger sister, they also started building a huge ambition for themselves. And I almost like imagine a generation of women uh, getting down. So I said, no, like whatever pressure it is, I should take it at the moment and keep going. Wow, I love that. That's, well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I love how you, you thought about, you know, if I can make an impact in my own family, like think about if, if that continues on and on. Um, so after a year of working on social media, you decided to start your second business, which was a shoe company. How did you get the idea for that? Um, so the interesting story is uh, Vakas, he was in his hometown and it was 2008 and okay. Facebook, Facebook was banned in Pakistan, I think 2008 or 2010. I, I don't recall the exact time. But um, Facebook was banned uh, during that time because um, in, in Europe, someone was making uh, cartoons and sketches of Prophet Muhammad. And there was like protests going on, protests going on around the city. And he was sitting in the, in the village council. So at the, it's very interesting in most of the villages at the end of every day, uh, villagers, they actually gather and they sing songs. Sometimes they discuss about politics they have a, a conversation about like where societies are going on and all that. So Vakas, he went to one of the council and he was sitting there and someone said, hey, we should also protest against Facebook. And then Vakas mentioned that, hey, actually you can use Facebook for good things as well. It's just a platform. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, someone asked him like, what do you do? And he said like, I am actually helping small businesses and nonprofit to tell their story on internet. And then Makas asked him like, what do you do? And he said, I make handmade shoes. And he used mm. the word shoes, English word. And uh, then he said, hey, why don't you visit our, um, uh, our, uh, our unit? Uh, and we, we call it like workshop, small mm -hmm. workshop. It was like two rooms. So um, then Makas visited and he said like, there is a potential, it, they are doing amazing work. Sidra, can you join? He called me and he said like, hey, can you come? 
and then I came in next few days. Um, I went there. I was the first woman to enter into that workshop. They, you know, they never interacted from a business point of view to our women, but they were very, very respectful. And um, then we had a conversation. They showed us like how they are making their shoes. And you know, when you are showing your your whole system, you always like show the best of the best. Later on, you yeah, learn like problems are there. Uh, but that was our entry over there. And then we we told them that hey, let's sell these shoes over the internet. Let's make a Facebook page. That was the initial idea. And they said, who's gonna buy shoes without trying? Because shoes it has sizes and all that. It's, it's impossible. And we said, we should try, we should try, you know, if we will tell them a good story, if we will have a good customer support, um, we can sell those shoes. Uh, so they decide, we all decided that we will come up with $250 each. Okay. Uh, so the head of that unit, he came up with $250, but Vakas and I, we never had $250. So we did not start the idea. Later on, we won grant from uh, Pasha, which was uh, Pakistan um, Software House Association. Actually, Google gave grant uh, to start uh, social ideas in Pakistan. So they- That's cool. Yeah, so when we won like $10,000 grant and then that's how we started. Wow. And then you did that infamous Kickstarter campaign that raised $107,000. Uh, so that was obviously a great success. How from, from doing that, I, I watched the video by the way yesterday. It's so good. It's just you, you can you can tell just the passion that comes through that. Um, how did you get from there to a Y Combinator interview? Huh? Yeah, Kickstarter campaign was extremely extremely important chapter of our life. We we did that in 2014, and one of our friend in in US uh, helped us because you need a social security number. So he, he joined us as a, as a part-time team member and helped us. Um, so Y Combinator, we applied in Y Combinator in 2012 and this, this was just an idea and we, we could not make it. Uh, and then they, in, when we applied in 2015, they asked this one question um, that, uh, have you applied before? If yes, how much progress you have made? So we had like a lot to tell uh, during that time and, uh, uh, and then we applied uh, and uh, yeah, I think we were, we were lucky. Like we were, we were talking about a lot of big ideas which we couldn't do later on um, in that business. But uh, the idea, the big idea was uh, if we can make it a technology platform where uh, other craftsmen's can also like sell their product. But I think we also underestimated that uh, we had to invest a lot in infrastructure, which was not, placed in at the time, especially from an e-commerce perspective, payment gateways was not there, shipping and delivery was super expensive. Like when we shipped our first shoes, it costed us a lot of money. Um, so those kind of things, uh, and we couldn't, we couldn't do that later on. So when you got accepted into Y Combinator, did you feel relief or did you feel a lot of pressure? A lot of pressure. <laughs> I don't know if I have I have felt ever relief in my life because it's always going on, one after the other. So why Combinator brought a lot of pressure. Uh, it, there was the excitement. Oh, we are going to the U.S. Maybe we'll meet some interesting entrepreneurs, and you know, because we were always um, reading about Silicon Valley and how uh, you know, someone start a small idea and make a big company. So there was an excitement. But when we came here. I think um, the big uh, pressure was of the language. Vakas and I, we, you know, we we were not speaking in English in Pakistan. Our uh, national language is in Urdu, uh, so speaking uh, was very very difficult. Like we, there was a lot of passion, but when we had to translate that passion into words, we were focused more on our grammar than our our message. So that was um, that was very hard, and also like it shaken our confidence. Actually, um, I was uh, reading about uh, uh, someone yesterday. I don't remember the name, but that person said that whenever he has to like take a shot, um, he, someone asked him like, what is your, your, your worst, uh, uh, worst of yourself? And he said, whenever I have to take a shot, if I have a doubt, then I always miss that. So I think we, we got into a frame of mind where we started building a lot of doubts. 
and um, and then there were like technology companies uh, in in YC, and we were selling shoes. So huge difference, and also selling handmade leather shoes. I mean, I think like we were lucky uh, so much in our you know the way we were growing up. Um, and then the second part was culture. I think we it took us a lot of time to adopt into the culture. And what I meant is what culture is not just like how you wear clothes and all of that. Culture is more like a mindset. Um, so to understand understand that it took us some time uh, but i think we worked on on that very intentionally for last two uh, you know especially during our time in in next two to four years um when we started items so the leather shoe didn't quite work out you decided to pivot to the ideal everyday shoe which we now know as adams can you tell me why you decided to pivot and and how was it to like start over? Why we decided to pivot? So um, again, like I think a lot of learnings came during our time in, in Y Combinator. One very particular incident, which I actually mentioned in the story is, um, we had a we uh, have a demo day in YC and um, in our batch, we had a demo day and our friends who, who bought shoes, they came and they were not wearing our shoes. Like only one or two people they were wearing. Uh. And we were thinking, um, you know, um, that people wear leather dress shoes when there is a big business event. But we forgot about that. They, that it, during that moment, it, it is more important to be more comfortable, casual, as compared to dressed up, too much dressed up. So um, then we started asking this question that why people are not wearing our shoes, even though they like our story, they like our region, they bought the shoes. Um, so then we found out that um, people are becoming more casual in their lifestyle. And at the same time, I went to Italy uh, for a leather exhibition. I noted the same thing, young people, especially like people who are um, under uh, 35, 45, they were uh, becoming more casual. Uh, and then same time, Pakistan, uh, over there, I also noticed that people are not wearing leather dress shoes as much, but they are becoming more casual. So we started thinking about, the interesting is, thing is like, um, every day was always an idea in our head. We were thinking about that best of the best product. You always, if, if, there, if there is a product that is really good and innovative, people use it almost every day. It becomes part of your everyday life. So in our mind, we were making leather dress shoes from a perspective of that people can wear every day. Right. But it was shifting. So that's why like we started thinking about atoms. We went to then different stores, Nike, Adidas, New Balance, just like doing interviews of customers that what they are buying, what they are looking for. And uh, then we wrote a Google document. The headline was ideal every day. And we put everything over there. We had no idea if we would make it, if we made the shoes or not, but just the ideas. And um, then yeah, we we ended up making that shoes, and wow. uh, yeah. And how did you? Okay, so now suddenly you have a different type of shoe. How do you get investor interest? How do you find your first customers? Like, how did you grow it and and drum up the attention in the beginning? Yeah, I think even um, we had no intention of attracting investor at that time. We were just focused on like we have the shoes, and a lot of people. Uh, should wear this or love the shoes. So we just focus on that. Um, when we had first sample, we made that sample in size 10.5 because uh, we, 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 didn't, we, we did not have that much money and we wanted to invest less on, um, on tooling. So we made, uh, uh, I guess at the time, 120 pairs we made uh, in 10.5 size. And then we sent an email to um, uh, our founders in YC and we said, we are making shoes for hackers and painters. And if your size is this, uh, you can send us an email. And if you are living in San Francisco, we would like to invite you at our home. So we were inviting people at our home. They were trying on shoes. And uh, later on, uh, you know, they were sharing their feedback. And we improved our product on the base of their feedback and gave them some of them we gave like second sample. Some of them, they, they loved the first one, but some of them we gave feedback and we improved and we sent them the second one. And um, then they started sharing over 
social media or this company atoms you know, and the power of the internet power of the internet yeah so when uh, investors saw that a lot of people are loving this product they are excited about it they started sending us emails say can we meet can we try on shoes so uh, we we had um, we at we were living in san francisco on hate street just by the that's way that's where we met <laughs> yeah, that's where we met yeah of course and we had and you also came to our basement yeah so yes we were we we had like five housemates and then we we had this basement under our home where we were inviting people uh with chai and stuff and uh, yeah and then uh, you know some of the especially like alexis ohanian he is the board member and um, is the bigger investor in in, in adams um he came first time around 10:30 pm mm-hmm. uh, at night and he stayed until midnight we kept on like he 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 was so tired he came straight from the airport so he was so tired he said do you mind if i lay down and we talk and he wow. he, he was laying on on our sofa and we were we were talking and he said and then when he was leaving he said i won't get it and to meet to you, meet you guys tomorrow do you have time tomorrow and i and he 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 fo- focus on that message said we really want to move fast so next day he asked gary to come and visit us and they moved really fast we were even not legally prepared because you know we were transitioning from a shoe company to the new shoe company but i yeah. can't even imagine how that feels like that's yeah. that's incredible and one thing i want to ask you that i was personally thinking about when i think of you guys a story is that okay is a business owner in the united states of a really really like successful shoe company you have a lot of americans looking up to you and not that long ago you were looking up to these americans that are the, the the shift in power the the power has shifted how do you learn to navigate that and also learn to trust your own instincts oh my god pulina i have not thought about that actually um I don't know about that that if this was intentional um I think I if I have to look back or or look uh, what's going on right now um it just like uh, focus on like what we wanted to do and and that's it like focus focusing focus is like just uh, on the drive on the dreams um and not like if we want to like inspire you know a, a lot of people uh around here i think um even now um if you ask vakas and me we are our biggest critic we don't like a lot of things in us like we have all those all those big ideas and things and we are not able to execute that so i think it's like mostly like it it's, it is inspiring ourselves and uh, how does it feel i think it feels it feels great like especially um when i shared my story on humans of new york um I read that story several times. I lived that story and I read that story for <laughs> thing. Um I was nervous, bit nervous but not like emotional as much. Um uh, when Brandon shared the first part of the story, uh I started reading comments and story together and it was very emotional. And at one point I realized that as a human our core is same. We all live for freedom. We all live for uh someone takes our opinion seriously we live for this that we we uh we should be able to achieve our dreams and the things we want to do in our life so i think a uh, lot of people were able to associate my story with their story no matter like where they live uh no matter they are in pakistan or in the us um so that was very that was very powerful for me to see as well because first time i i saw myself not as pakistani women entrepreneur but i saw myself um as a as part of like human race uh who who was able to connect with the core and it's it's different it's a, it's a different feel i'm not sure if i'm doing justice to my feeling here what i felt because of the words i'm using but um it's a completely different feeling it's like connecting with the universe you know uh it's it's that kind of feeling uh where you feel that it doesn't matter color of your skin it doesn't matter who you are it just matter that you know as a human you 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 are same at your core uh 
When I was reading the Humans of New York story, I was on the couch and I was just quietly, you know, just reading. And then Anthony heard me like sniffling and he's like, are you over there crying? And I was like, no, just reading Citra's story. <laughs> but, but the beauty of it, I think, is that, like you said, it's, it's not just about your specific experiences. It's that anybody reading that story could see themselves in it and could take away a small part of it. For me as an immigrant, I, when you were explaining all these things, like you were intimidated, you were nervous, all this stuff, and you start believing your doubts. I, I, I know what that feels like, but I don't know what it feels like on the scale that you guys went through it. That is, I, I just, I can't even imagine and to see how far you've come. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you about actually, the part in the, in the story that like really like made me emotional was when you said that the more success you had, the more you had a fear of falling backwards all the way back to your home. And you said, sometimes I feel like there is so far to go. How often does that fear flare up and how do you kind of soothe it? Oh, I am still navigating through that, uh, to be honest. Um, how often it comes, like every time when a big moment comes, uh, actually, Polina, this is very interesting. Like, I think I was talking to you uh, last time when we met. Um, whenever some big thing happened in our life, uh, if I look at past like 10, 12 years, um, something also bad happened at the same time with, this, with, with the same momentum or I feel the same intensity. And there is a good, extreme good happen and then something bad happened, sad happened. And then my, my mind start thinking about neutral effect like I don't feel good yeah. I don't, like on a neutral state so a lot of like uh, my if I have to like look back for example like even when there was a starter campaign my it was a big moment for me but I was not receiving any personal support from my family and a lot of emotions going on like there is no one to celebrate my success in my family so that neutralized the whole effect I couldn't celebrate that moment um this is different. Humans of New York story is different. I think I'm much more. Uh, the the interesting thing is like when you go when you actually gone through so many um, experiences in your life, good or bad. Um, definitely, you uh, give a lot. You actually pay a price, but at the same time, uh, you become courageous, more courageous. You also build a lot of different kind of strength inside you. So with humans of New York story. I think at this point of my life, I have a different type of strength inside me. I I think I am feeling uh, at at this point like I'm feeling a lot of power inside me because I was able to bring a shift in my family, which I'm super proud of. And this was like a, you know a big goal of my life. But now I'm thinking about like I am connected with my cousins, with uh, some of like other Pakistani entrepreneurs, who Vakas and I we help. Um, often um so i think um uh, yeah i think the other thing which i sometimes like would like to pay attention uh is like what is going on inside me you know whenever you are giving so much you are you are trying to it's like uh you are drawn into into a sea and then you are trying to go up yeah and and you are discovering like some interesting stuff what's going on in, the, in that beautiful sea but at the same time you you need to take a uh, take a breath as well um so i i, I sometimes like navigate inside uh, inside me uh, with those kind of feeling i have a lot of doubts too definitely i think every one of us has uh, but at the same time i'm also learning that how i can use my fears as my strengths yes. not like that uh, pull me um, off uh, uh, from my ground the, the ground which I have built with such a hard work and with such a passion uh, I don't know if there is a perfect answer that's a perfect answer uh, so I, I one of the things that I think is absolutely amazing is that you and Wakas have been side by side since you were basically teenagers um, and you've navigated this whole thing together and you've seen each other in the best moments and the worst moments and everything in between. I'm curious uh, on this journey, because he's your business partner, but he's also your spouse. What 
what is one way that you've evolved as a person since you met him? And what's one way that he's evolved and changed since you, you guys met? First of all, Polina, I have to say like, you are so good of an interviewer <laughs> asking me so good questions. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, yeah. So yes, we are still evolving. You know, like um, when you are a teenager, you have a lot of uh, um, energy as well as big assumption about the world around you. And then you go and uh, you start living some kind of reality and reality hits you very hard. So the reality hit us like hard so many times. And it has shaped us uh, into uh, into very different human beings. Like we, I, I remember Vakas and Sidra, 19 years old, 20 years old, very, very different than what we are right now. Even in our relationship, like um, sometimes we see each other uh, in a different situation where we never been before and we don't know how to navigate. We don't know how to deal with each other during that time. So the good thing is like, um, uh, I don't know if it's a luck again or it's like in, intention, but we give each other some space. Um, and uh, uh, this time, uh, especially like from 2020, you know, we all live in quarantine, COVID and all that. Um, we got a lot of time to self-reflect. Uh, Vakas and I, we never spent, we never celebrated any news. We never spent some time off since last uh, 10, 12 years. Um, but this time uh, we, we took some time off. We started looking into, okay, how far we, we came. We need to celebrate. We need to like connect with ourselves. Uh, and uh, the other hard part is like, it's not easy to connect with yourself because you see, you see a lot uh, good and bad in yourself. Uh, so, but we both, um, Sometimes we communicate, sometimes we don't, but uh, we have a lot of good friends who we go and talk to. That is very helpful. <clears throat> One thing which I, I, I would really say here is that it's very important to have good friends. Don't think about like having, you know, 100 people knowing you or all of that. Yes, those people would know you at some point because of your work and all that. But have few friends, maybe one, two, three, just have really good close friends that that always help you. Um, and we read a lot. We we actually, we still like, you know, like you and Bob, we, you know, we, Anthony, uh, we, I always call him I Bob. And, and then in back of my head, Vakas sounds dumb. No, Polina likes to call <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> so, I'm used to all of the, all of the names. <laughs> so Anthony, you, you know, the, the, the inspiring thing about you too is that you are, vivid reader and you go and you take inspiration from other people. So I think having friends uh, around like you uh, who inspire is very, very important. That that was going to be my next question because um, one thing I really appreciate about you guys is every time we see each other, there's never any small talk. It's always like deep, interesting, philosophical things. And I leave and I'm like, oh my God, that was awesome. Um, but so, so how do you have you always been intentional about choosing the types of people you want to surround yourself with? Actually, we are, we are. And we, we, we did some, um, we, you do, you do some kind of mistakes as well, where you not like uh, people, but like we, we did several mistakes who we were working before. I think it's the same thing. Like your personal and your professional people are the most important thing. Like they inspire you, they give energy, they take energy. So you have to be very mindful about that. Um, we, we are very much inspired by a few people and we want to like keep them very, very close to us. And, uh, it's very important. It's like, it's, it's, it's that important, um, uh, as you know, living, uh, by, by yourself, because there's a lot of effect of words. There is a lot of effect of action on us, which we, uh, intentionally understand, uh, but you know, or unintentionally understand, it has a lot of impact. Um, so for us, like keeping that kind of people around us is, is very important. When we and make it. 
And there's this idea that success breeds success. So by surrounding yourself with people that you admire and you're inspired by, you can draw inspiration and ideas and iterate. And I love that. And I actually want to use this to talk about after you left to go on your independent path, you caused a major shift in your own family and your sisters and your mom. And, and they've also gone down, uh, you know, followed their ambitions. How does that feel to know that you you caused this you kind of like push the ball and then it, and it the dominoes fell yeah or, or a fire right right now like after this story there's a lot of fire in my family actually, actually I also see that fire in my in my mother again like she's gonna um, she is going to retire this year in April and now she's thinking about uh, what she want to do next. So she's not thinking about small ideas now. She's thinking about like, if she has to start a business, how she would start. She would start with my sister. She's even thinking about like starting up, you know, my sister, she's uh, working with, uh, she, she's actually um, has a startup, women health startup. So she's thinking about, can she uh, build a factory where women make sanitary pads in Pakistan? So she's That's thinking amazing. about big ideas. But at the same time, I think, um, the shift which I'm very excited about is um, the mindset shift. Uh, like we have uh, a young girl, you know, newborn babies, baby girls in our family. So how my family is now thinking about child development, child growth. Yes. Both for boys and girls. That is fascinating for me. Like I'm learning from them um, that how they are thinking about home environment effect, what kind of education, interaction a kid needs a time they need um i have my elder sister as well she's actually i couldn't like talk about her in that story but she is also um running a college and she is living in a small town and um going through a lot of struggle in her life because she uh, um is also working on changing and bringing a shift in her family which is very very hard actually i yeah. have a lot of sympathy and uh admiration for men and women both who are you know trying to make a change both in in their life and and outside because it's not easy like it breaks you in all possible ways which you have never imagined before so um my my elder sister she's struggling a lot from that perspective but she's trying because she's getting a lot of inspiration from other from from other sisters um but yeah that's that's with my family right now and that's the thing like meaningful change i always say starts with the people around you in your own family, if you can make meaningful change there, like it, it, uh, it compounds. Uh, as we wrap this up, I want to ask you, I, I read this comment on your Humans of New York story and it said, you don't complain. You knew what you wanted and just went for it. That is how successful people think. They don't see obstacles. They see challenges and figure out how to overcome them. So when you try something and it doesn't work, Cedra, do you think about it as a failure or do you just see it as a puzzle that needs to be solved yeah so I, uh, I I I look at myself as a doer like who try all best possible way to get things done so it you know I I I I'm not good at failing actually to be honest I uh, <laughs> I, I I hate like myself seeing fa failing um, and I try all my best to avoid that because um, how you celebrate and how you you actually learn from failure is a very very big quality. Um, so even if I sometimes whenever I fail in, in 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 smaller things, I don't get worried about that because that is a big chance for me to learn. But I'm very very clear that what are those one or two things where I don't want to be a failure, and I try all my best. And there are other small things where I just categorize them. Okay, it's you know this is not my strength. Um, this is not as important for my for for my life for now, and if uh, this I'm not successful over there, it's fine. I will learn. I'll still do that, but I will learn from that. That's like my whole categorization about like doing something which is challenging and hard. And my final question for you is: What does the word success mean to you? Uh, I I there is there is no. Um, I think success is, you cannot define it in a big journey. You can't define it like next 10, 15 years. I think success is defined in small moments. 
Um, I also found out that sometimes when we are thinking about something as a success, it's still a work to be done. And there is still a lot of work left uh, on the table to make uh, and improve things. Um, so for me, uh, for if I have to like look at Sidra, like when how I will evaluate that I have been successful, I want to keep going. Like I don't want to like you know. For me, it's very important. Uh, and Polina, I, I don't know like if you have felt this uh, or not, but as a woman, there are many moments come in your life where you received inside or outside pressure to step down, mm. to not your place. And I am very intentional about that. And I am communicating about that with my partner and with people around me that if I want to do something and carry on, I want to. And for me, like, it's very, very important. And if I would like to like leave something on the table, that should be my decision. And I, I, I would like to take it for myself. Uh, so that is something like I, I, I always want to be intentional and I want other people to be intentional, which actually, unfortunately, people are not like even people who are very, very close to you. Sometimes they would, they would come to you and they would say something about your passion, about your dream, uh, but they will say opposite, which you feel opposite, but it will come from them as a support, as a sympathy. Oh, you are tired, so why not you take rest? Even though you are, you know, high in emotion and you want to work more. And they will like try to force, you know, we have been seeing you work. Their intention is right, but you don't feel comfortable. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm different from that angle, but yeah, sometimes I don't like. Absolutely. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. We saw I, uh, with, with the, the face masks, uh, people were like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. And you're like, I'm going to do it. If I have to do it in secret, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I love that. Um, amazing, Sita. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Polina. And, uh, you know, um, part of the con, it's very interesting, like, especially uh, having an interview with you because um, there is a there is a different energy with you. I'm not looking at you like someone who's interviewing me. I'm looking at you as you know a friend who already know a lot of about my life, and now uh, she wants to like tell to other people about that. So thank you so much. This this time is so precious for me, and I I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you. I've, so much. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs>